One of my favorite ways to unwind is by playing a game on my phone while I relax on the couch. And June's Journey is my new favorite as it combines several of my favorite things, finding hidden items, decor and design, and solving a murder. In June's Journey, you dive into June's captivating quest to uncover a scandalous hidden family secret while discovering the truth behind the unexplained death of her sister. As you uncover clues, you also get to build your own island estate with expansive gardens and beautiful buildings. You get to collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. You get to chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. You'll even get the chance to play in a detective league to put your skills to the test. So can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. This episode contains adult themes and is not appropriate for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, the world. This is Able Kill, a true crime podcast. I'm Sadie Eck. And I'm Courtney Eck. And I'm fighting a little cold, so... Sadie's got her sexy jazz voice on tonight, and if you stick around to the end, she's going to scat. <laughs> yes, I am. Right? Until then, Courtney is going to tell us a terrible story. <laughs> I love how you just signed up for scatting at the end of this episode, and I'm going to hold you to it. It's not going to She's going to do some experimental jazz improvisation no, at the end, you guys. No, I'm not. Definitely not going to do that. <laughs> Don't waste that voice. Uh, but in the meantime, while Sadie practices her scat routine in her mind, I am going to tell you the tale of the French family double homicide. Mm. This was a listener request. This is the one that I said I would do, lost track of, regained track of. So here we go. I would also like to give credit to an eight-part series that Danielle Bataglia wrote about this case called A Scream in the Dark, French Homicides for the Greensboro, North Carolina News and Record because I relied on it very heavily. And it's actually a really lovely, like, local news series. And I left out a fair amount of information specifically about the victims because they did such an incredible job of really painting the picture of all of this that happened. So if you want to hear more or learn more about the family and the case in general, highly recommend finding that in our show notes and taking a read. Yeah, sounds awesome. Yeah. So on February 4th, 2012, Whitley French was home visiting her parents in Greensboro, North Carolina, while on break from college. In the middle of the night, Whitley woke up when she heard a creak on her floor, and then a stranger wearing a hood was on top of her. Oh, mm -mm. She couldn't make out anything about the person at all who was on top of her, and immediately started to scream and tried to fight off the intruder. The intruder tried to silence her by placing their hand over her mouth and threatening her with a knife, but she had already made enough noise to alert her sleeping parents who rushed to her aid. The intruder left her room and she followed and she could see her parents standing at the base of the stairs, the intruder between she and them. The intruder cut himself while putting the knife away that he'd like tried to threaten her with. Mm -hmm. And then he retrieved his gun took aim at Whitley's mother, 45-year-old LaDonna French. Quote, she watched as a bullet tore through her mother's upraised wrist. The intruder kept firing. Another shot struck her mother's hand. A third bullet pierced her shoulder. LaDonna French stood only five foot one, but she was known to be a fighter. And despite her wounds, she was still standing. Oh, man. The quote continues, until the next shot struck her above her heart. Whoa. She fell to the floor as another shot from still closer range plowed into the right side of her head. Oh, Lord. Yeah. The intruder then turned to Whitley's father, 48-year-old Troy French, who stood near the living room and fired once, striking him in the chest. Troy tried to run, but didn't make it far and collapsed from his injury. The intruder followed him and shot him once more in the back. The intruder then rushed past Whitley had to move LaDonna's body and unlock the door, then fled into the night. Whitley then called 911. God, I cannot imagine. No. 
The French family home was in a rural community surrounded by other members of their family, with LaDonna's sister nearby and her parents across the street. The lights and sirens of the police and first responders woke LaDonna's parents in the middle of the night, and her father went across the street, thinking there had been a traffic accident, but then learned that Whitley had been taken to the hospital for her injuries, which turned out to just be a small cut on her hand and a burn on her chest. Whitley also had a 14-year-old brother named Hunter who had been away on a swimming trip with the local high school. Word of Whitley's hospitalization spread to her other family members who congregated at the hospital to find out what was happening, and it was there that they learned of Troy and LaDonna's murders. God, I'm so glad the brother wasn't there. Right, small mercies, man. Yes. Small fucking mercies. Hunter's aunt and uncle jumped in the car and drove the two hours to where his swim meet was being held to intercept him before he could learn of his parents' death on the news. Ugh, man. I know. Two hours. You have to just, like, know the conversation you're about to have with your 14-year-old nephew. Quote, at 6.30 a.m., assistant swim coach Dennis Pashal's phone began to ring. Members of the French family were coming to talk to Hunter about a serious family matter. The caller told Pashal, who was with team members, already awake to prepare for their meet. Pashal quickly gathered the students' phones to prevent Hunter from learning anything through social media or text oh, messages. I know. <laughs> Troy and LaDonna French were high school sweethearts who had been married for 26 years and lived on the same street LaDonna had grown up on. Quote, LaDonna was a petite girl with strawberry blonde hair and a constant smile. She was a popular cheerleader at the high school. She also played softball and joined several clubs. Troy was well-liked by his classmates. He played basketball and baseball, but his time working on his father's farm kept him away from many extracurricular activities. Quote, Troy was a junior in 1981 when he was dating a girl at the school, and he feared she was about to dump him. He asked his friend, LaDonna, to talk to the girl whom he knew was her friend, too. LaDonna agreed to the romantic recon, but things changed quickly between Troy and her. They kept talking about the situation and the other girl until eventually Troy started to visit LaDonna's house instead of the other girl. <laughs> they began dating during Troy's junior year. Oh, man. Isn't that darling? That's so sweet. Troy worked at Duke Energy for 22 years, and LaDonna worked at an eye care clinic. They were extremely loving and supportive parents who were known to loudly cheer on their kids at their sporting events and went to church every Sunday. LaDonna never met a stranger, and Troy was known for his, quote, oddball sense of humor and deep bond with his family. Troy made models of NASCAR cars that were so good the drivers of the cars sometimes purchased them and he was very involved in Hunter's Eagle Scout projects. Of course they were. I mean, this like this story, uh, so many stories remind me of home, but this story reminds me so fucking much of home. So much. All the people who, they all live next to each other. and Totally. Such a, such a our hometown kind of a vibe. Yes, NASCARs. Yeah. Church, yeah. Eagle Scouts, yes. sports. Just so all-American. Mm-hmm. Their funeral procession was 10 miles long, oh, and the community hung God. blue ribbons everywhere in their honor afterward. Oh, man. Police began to investigate who could have possibly wanted to kill these well-loved, active members of such a close-knit community, and Whitley's boyfriend, John Alvarez, came up in interviews with friends and family. John and Whitley saw a lot of each other because John's best friend lived across the street from the French family, and they began dating two years before Whitley graduated high school. Their relationship blossomed quickly, despite Whitley's parents' reservations about the pair. Quote, LaDonna told family members that Alvarez demeaned Whitley and that Whitley and John held different religious views. Quote, her mother began to slow down and reconsider her relationship with Alvarez. They had many arguments, some of them loud and some that spilled over into family events. Whitley was not going to reconsider. She told her mother so. Whitley was also determined to follow John to college at East Carolina University and followed through with his goal in January of 2012 to her parents' dismay. According to relatives, Whitley's parents were considering pulling their financial support and having her apply for financial aid instead. To make matters worse, John and Whitley had begun to talk about marriage 
and the Frenches were even less thrilled about that idea. That's got to be bad if they're pulling college funds. Well, they were like, she can get financial aid just like everyone else. You know, it's no big deal. But yeah, they were not about it. They wanted her to go to college nearby. She was like, nope, I'm following John. They're like, we don't even like the guy. They were very evangelical, kind of um, more strict, traditional Christian and Uh thought the man should lead the family, etc. And they just didn't like him. Quote, Whitley's frustration grew as the financial discussions continued. The day she returned for her visit, they had purchased a new Nissan. They also kept her younger brother, Hunter, enrolled in a year-round baseball academy. Family members said Whitley thought her brother got more attention than she did. Troy French made sure his son had access to the best baseball programs, bought him equipment to practice with in the backyard, and traveled with him to away games. So on the night that the Frenches were murdered, Whitley spent some time with her grandmother across the street, and on her way back home, her grandma asked her if she was going to speak with her parents about their financial support and their support of her relationship. She responded, quote, we're going to settle that tonight. And oh. Whitley says she has regretted that comment ever since. Okay. I don't know what to think. We'll, we'll get, well, you'll have to wait. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm waiting. I'm holding my tongue. <clears throat> I'm holding my tongue. Apparently, the Frenches weren't the only ones who opposed the relationship, as John's parents were also unhappy with the pairing. The two families knew each other from community and sporting events, and apparently it was pretty well known that the Alvarezes didn't like Whitley and also didn't support the relationship or potential marriage. Damn, it's like a... Star-crossed lovers! Yes. I know, a total Romeo Romeo. and Juliet. Whitley confronted Jose Alvarez Sr. around the time of her parents' murder, and it was clear that he wasn't in favor of the relationship, and the family maintained that position after the Frenches were killed. After the deaths, however, they wouldn't speak openly about the murders or the relationship between John Alvarez and Whitley French. So there aren't any records of the police interviewing John, her boyfriend, Mm -hmm. but they did take a DNA sample early on in their investigation. When the intruder had put his knife away during the attack, he had cut his hand, and so five drops of blood were found on the stairs and railing in the French home. It's such a forensic booyah <laughs> right like best possible scenario yes. and we're 2012 so it's not even like it's 1985 and they gotta wait 20 years mm-hmm. like they have it so police took dozens of dna samples from potential suspects including john alvarez and he was quickly ruled out as the dna didn't match but that was later recanted mm-hmm. quote well as a suspect Quote, Rockingham County Sheriff Sam Page said in October 2012 that John Alvarez had been ruled out as a suspect. He later recanted that statement, saying he meant that John Alvarez was ruled out as a person who left DNA behind at the crime scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is the first time I've heard that, but I was like, yeah, that's actually smart, because it doesn't necessarily mean somebody didn't have something to do with it. Totally. Just meant that he didn't bleed on their floor. Right. And they also weren't entirely sure that it was just one person who had committed the crime. Right. When police questioned Whitley about what happened that night, she reported a typical night with her parents. Quote, it was really weird, she said. All I can tell you is we had dinner. We had a good night. She said it was really weird? Yes, it was really weird. Okay. Quote, my brother was out of town. It was just me, my mom, and dad. It was just a normal night, so it was really shocking when everything started happening because it was like, okay, I didn't expect this to happen. After dinner, they attended a high school basketball game and then Whitley went to bed around 10.30 p.m. to watch Netflix and then fall asleep. Around 1.30 a.m., she got up to use the restroom, turned off her computer, and went back to sleep. The next time she woke up, she was being attacked. Quote, It was just really shocking and crazy. I really can't talk about the details about it. I did try to help them, meaning her parents, as much as I could, and I hope I did everything right, but it was just me, my mom, and my dad there, she said. Whitley was interviewed several times, including on the day after the funeral, and walked police through five separate reenactments of the attack, and of course rumors started to circulate that she had something to do with her parents' deaths after the police questioned her so thoroughly. Quote, They questioned why an intruder would leave behind a witness, they have picked apart her 911 call for any nuance or detail that seemed off. 
Whitley has declined to speak publicly about her parents' murders as a result. Yeah, I don't blame her. No. That's what I'm doing in my head right now. Hard, so. Totally. Like, why would he kill, brutally murder your parents and then just leave you there, rush away, and leave you behind? Right, or start to attack you and then get scared off and then murder and then murder your parents and then yeah. leave. Yeah, you just get like two boo-boos. I mean, we've seen this so many times. So, right. yeah, everyone is not... It, uh, that. That's exactly what I would he- be thinking if I was hearing the story for the first time. 100%. The French's son, Hunter, who was 14 when his parents were murdered, was placed in the custody of LaDonna's father and sister while Troy's sister managed his inheritance. Eventually, Hunter moved in with Troy's aunt and uncle, He transferred to a private school, gave up baseball, but continued to pursue his Eagle Scout training to honor his father's wishes that he do so. Whitley eventually returned to school, and the French children tried to resume their lives while investigators attempted to track down who had murdered their parents in cold blood. During this time, John and Whitley were married in May of 2015. Wow. They reserved two seats for Troy and LaDonna and displayed their photos on those seats so that Whitley's parents could be honored on her big day. So during the police investigation, they learned that one of Troy's guns was missing, a high point nine millimeter handgun, and that the Frenches knew that it was missing for months before their murder, but hadn't filed a police report, which was confirmed by LaDonna's parents. (laughs) It was especially unnerving because Troy had hidden the gun after he learned that Hunter and a friend had been playing with it, and they never called the police to report it, despite pleas from the family to do so. So he had specifically hidden it so that Hunter wouldn't mess with it, and then it it ended up missing. Hunter showed police a spot near the fence where Troy had shot a possum with the high point handgun and police were able to retrieve a bullet from the fence, which confirmed that it was the same gun used to kill the Frenches. Wow. So investigators also learned that the Frenches kept a hidden key on their deck and tests revealed DNA from a second unknown male on that key. Shit. They also collected a, quote, cell phone, an iPod, Whitley French's laptop, a portable data storage device, a digital camera, a set of keys, LaDonna's purse, Troy's wallet, and fingerprint samples from the French home. I mentioned before that John Alvarez was ruled out as a suspect after submitting DNA to DNA testing while ruled out as the person who bled on the house. And so were several other friends, family members, and potential suspects. Police weren't coming up with any matches, despite having such strong DNA evidence to compare against. Hmm. Which would be like, uh, are you fucking kidding me? We've got Seriously. blood. We've got human blood. Fresh human blood. So when you just start going down the roster, the town roster. <laughs> Seriously. I would go door to door. It's like, there's yes. 1,500 of them. How long can it take? I can do it. Mm-hmm. It's totally fine. Not yes. an invasion of privacy at all. Whatsoever. People in rural America are fine with giving their DNA I mean, they samples. Had a, they had a 10-mile-long funeral procession. True. They, just, they should have just like, lined had them, up. Yes. Yep. Just lean right on in there. Swabby, swabby. Mm-hmm. On your way. Mm-hmm. People love that. They yes. love it. They are not at all suspicious of you oh. asking for their DNA. fucking A. That's oh, fine. so cool. Not much has been released about the police investigation, but in December of 2013, a woman brought police a phone that she suspected had come from the French's home and said she got it from a man named Kevin Callum, who had sliced off his fingerprints. Oh, no. (laughs) She said he gave it to her to, quote, just get rid of it. Police asked for a warrant for the contents of the phone, but as far as I can tell, they weren't able to find anything that tied the phone to the French's murders. Okay, but like, interview, like, talk to that guy because he did something bad, right? I know. Like, yeah. Regardless of whether or not he had something to do with that, he had something to do with something. Yeah, he unless he's just a huge fan of the Seven, <laughs> the movie. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> he probably is. He probably has a house full of air fresheners, too. Oh, no. They also determined that the DNA on the hidden key was most likely from a deputy who had handled the key without gloves on. Ugh. So that lead also dried up. <laughs> I hate that shit. I know. 
You're like, ooh, a second intruder. No. Nope. Nope. Just but so far, yeah. Deputy Bob. Deputy Bob. So then, four years after the horrible night in the French home and countless unanswered questions about who could have accessed the home, stolen the gun, then re-entered the home to attack Whitley, then murder Troy and LaDonna, investigators submitted their samples for familial DNA testing. I'm sorry, they didn't test the family. Well, so we're going familial DNA testing. So they went from DNA testing to oh, now. Oh, 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 oh. Yes. Oh, so now okay. we have familial DNA testing. Okay. I thought I thought you meant they hadn't tested no. the family's DNA. Okay. No, God, no. <laughs> it's like, no, right away. Okay. Right away. I assumed so, but she, okay, sorry. No. Here we, I'm back on track. Yes. Yeah. I know what familial <laughs> DNA is. Yeah. So that this shit shows up on the scene and they're like, yeah, let's try that. Um, and for those of you who don't know, it is a, quote, type of analysis that allows scientists to match DNA samples to a parent, child, or sibling. So I think we all know this, yeah. but golden the way State the Golden killer. State Killer. Yeah. Yes. So it, you get the profile of anybody who could be related to that person, and you can kind of start to triangulate. Quote, when a familial DNA test is performed, a scientist takes a DNA sample found on a crime scene and looks for a match to a known criminal in the FBI's database. If there isn't a match, the unknown DNA profile can be put into a second software that looks for profiles that could be related to the suspect sample. That program will then rank the DNA profile to the strongest familial tie. So on October 31st, this is a Halloween story, kind of. Do, 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 do. <laughs> 2014, DNA test results came back and showed a partial match to John Alvarez. God, I just, I didn't, I, I didn't know it for sure, but this one twists and turns. Just wait. There's more. One Hunter of the labs, is in on it. I'm just kidding. I hope, I don't know. We'll see. No, Hunter's not. I know. Okay. I really didn't want to try to like set up the kids, you know, in a creepy way. Yeah. But, yeah I don't I, know. But that's how your mind goes. That's if I was a detective. A hundred percent. It's so, so suspicious. To, yeah. Especially when it's the family gun that kills them. Right. And she was left behind. Hunter's conveniently out of town. Right. You know, I would be like. The kid, you know, Whitley did it 100%. She and her boyfriend killed her parents because of this fight. So one of the labs recommended a Y-SRT test to be run to determine which family member the DNA came from. Those test results came back and determined that, quote, the DNA was of a Caucasian male who was half Latino and that the DNA came from someone related to Elaine Alvarez, the mother of John Alvarez and his three brothers, but not to Jose Alvarez Sr., their father. Mm. Uncle. DNA experts began searching for a male relative on Elaine Alvarez's side of the family. So this would be a half-sibling of John Alvarez, an uncle, grandfather, or a son of a sister. Right? Mm-hmm. So on May 11, 2015... Samples were taken from John's father and older brother, Jose Alvarez Sr. and Jose Alvarez Jr. On June 9th, 2015, the test results came back and identified Jose Alvarez Jr. as the killer, which was John's older brother, oldest oh, brother. Oh, man. It also revealed the fact that Jose Jr. was not the biological child of Jose Sr., Despite being his namesake. Uh-oh. Double secret. Fucking gut punch. Yep. They had gotten married, and then she had him two weeks after they got married. Uh, so you yeah. find out your son is a fucking murderer, and that he's yeah. not your son in the same that stroke. sucks. So sucks. Why did he murder them? So. <laughs> Please tell me. We'll get there. <laughs> okay. In an even more fucked up twist, quote, detectives spoke with Jose Alvarez Sr., who said his oldest son had moved to an apartment on Cottage Place in Greensboro just seven days after detectives swabbed him and the same week that John Alvarez would marry Whitley French. I'm sorry. Say that again? <laughs> so Jose's dad, Jose Sr., okay. said right. his son had just moved to an apartment, had just moved out of their house okay. into an apartment the same week that yes. they took the DNA swab. 
Okay. Or like set right before they took the DNA swab and the same week. So they swabbed him for DNA. And then a week later, John and Whitley got married. Okay. Quote, the wedding had been planned for months. Jose Alvarez Jr. served as a groomsman for his brother, even as detectives were planning to arrest him on charges that he murdered his new sister-in-law's um, parents. So he was I in their see. fucking wedding, goofing off, like taking photos, like goofy photos with the bride and the groom. And the, and the cops were getting the evidence, wow. the con- conclusive evidence that he was the murderer of that's her parents. That's upsetting. I thought that, that the, I thought, okay, that's why I was a little confused. I thought that the wedding had happened and then we were like on in time. So, Sorry. no, no, yeah. no, that's okay. If I'd mm-hmm. paid attention to the dates, it would have, but. Nobody pays attention to the dates. No, Nobody. no. Okay. So that's why I got, okay. So yeah, yes. that's fucked up. <laughs> Very fucked up. Yes. Jose Alvarez Jr. was taken into custody on August 25th, 2015. Jose Alvarez Jr. was the oldest of the Alvarez brothers, lived with his parents until he was 28, and moved into an apartment just three months before he was arrested for the French murders. He worked for his father's landscaping company and had once worked for LaDonna's mother, who described him as, quote, quiet and nice as can be, which is how most people recall him. Quote, since their daughter's death, Nancy and Donald Mosley, LaDonna's parents, had become close with Elaine Alvarez, the mother of Jose Alvarez Jr., who visited the Mosleys regularly and often took along her two younger sons. So let's not forget that Whitley and John are in a relationship, right? Right. And so these families, despite not loving the relationship, get close. Like, the Frenches are murdered. And so Elaine starts taking her kids over to visit with LaDonna's parents. Mm, after the murders. They got after close. the murders, yes. They start spending time together to support each other through the fucking tragedy. Right. Quote, mm. They just came by one day, and we acted like friends that were comforting each other, Nancy mostly said. It's so sad. They are fine people. Kathy Hayes, LaDonna French's sister, invited the Alvarez to her family's Christmas celebration in 2015 at Nancy and Donald Mosley's house. The families also often sat together at sporting events. Mm. Quote, they have a harder road than I do, Troy's mother said. They have this to face with a son, which I think is far greater than death. I really do. My heart goes out to them. Yeah. A day after Jose Jr.'s arrest, the French's Mosley's and Jose Sr. were at the courthouse together for Jose Jr.'s first court appearance. Um, Whitley, John, her husband, and her brother Hunter did not go, but the rest of the like the parents mm-hmm. and the siblings went to the courthouse for Jose Jr.'s first court appearance. Quote, Jose Alvarez Sr., the father, leaned against the sill of the floor-to-ceiling windows that lined the outside wall overlooking the parking lot, and a wooden field on the southeast side. Dressed casually, he took off his white baseball cap, laid it on a bench to his left, Mm-mm. buried his head in his hands, and cried. Okay. I was like, no. Oh, God. No. <laughs> Scared me. No, the okay. man is just like, devastated. Devastated. Okay. Nearly a dozen members of the Mosley and French families sitting beside him on two benches occasionally rose to hug him, support him, and generally tried to comfort God. him. But seldom did anyone speak as he continued to sob for at least 15 minutes. No. Ugh. This one made me cry while yes, I was Yes, it's awful. <laughs> I just... So sad. Ugh. To find out your son did that no. to someone you love? Like, no. ugh. God. And then he's not your son. Yeah. Like, your whole world is fucking destroyed. Jose Alvarez Jr. was charged with two counts of first-degree murder and was facing life in prison or the death penalty and was held without bail. The defense is critical of the charges because the murder weapon was never found and Jose Jr. was charged based on blood evidence alone. So they're like, yeah, he was Mm -hmm. there, but whatever. What else do you have? Right. Jose Jr. pled guilty to the charges and at his sentencing hearing, the defense explained that, quote, the defendant simply became enamored by the physical layout of the French home, said Rockingham County District Attorney Craig Blitzer. 
quote, almost hypnotized by the way the house looked, how it smelled, how clean it was. They said he had like a really serious preoccupation with smells and he loved the way their dryer smelled. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Jose Jr. confessed to finding a spare key to their home, breaking in several times over six months to study the family, which became an obsession. Oh, man. I know. Quote, each visit would take about five minutes at a time, and Alvarez would even watch the French family while they were asleep. During this time, the state says Alvarez noticed Troy's handgun, a high point nine millimeter. Prosecutors say Alvarez stole the gun, which he used as the murder weapon. I mean, this is like, right? It's a movie where, Mm -hmm. oh my God, where did the gun go? Find yeah. the gun. You got to find the gun. Yeah. Figure out where it went. Please. Well, please. They said he first took notice because Whitley left her ID at his house accidentally. And so he got her address from the ID. And then he found the hide key because he's a landscaper. And he just like had knowledge, you know, knows oh, where people fucking hide right. keys. So he didn't even have to break in. He was just using the key to go into their oh, house. God, that is so scary. And watch them sleep and smell their dryer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, on the night of February 4th, 2012, Whitley simply woke up while he was making one of his nocturnal visits and he killed Troy and LaDonna French because he was just trying to flee. Oh, God. No, no motive. He just uh, didn't want to get caught. Kill. No, just don't kill them. Just get caught. Just get caught. Because then they would probably weapons. be like, hey, here's our dryer sheets. Like, stop doing that. Go to yeah. jail for a little bit. <laughs> yes, Why? and he had no pre- previous criminal charges. He would have just God, gotten like... that is so weird. Isn't it so upsetting? Yes. If you want to smell someone's house and look at it, just ask them. Seriously. You know? I will be like, sure, come on in. Do your fetishy stuff. I'll pretend to sleep if it makes you makes it cooler. <laughs> you know what I mean? I will not. No. <laughs> I will. No, 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 no. I no. will. I will definitely start a home for people's kinky fetishy stuff. Yeah. So that they can like, exercise it. But not my own home. You cannot. I will not pretend to sleep while you sniff my dryer. Let's just buy a dead mall because it pisses me off that there's so many dead malls. We'll yes. turn half of it into low-income housing and the other half would just be like kinky fetish setup rooms right. so that People i'm can... sure this already exists it's just like kinky fetish stuff but you know so you can like go and just say hey i'm gonna pretend like i'm breaking into your house and watching you sleep great yes. you know sliding Consent. scale prices so it's mm-hmm. not prohibitively expensive <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man just i get just it. hate it yeah yep so Jose Jr. was given two consecutive life sentences, and the sentencing judge said that he will, quote, die in jail. Yeah, I mean, like, I get that he just, I mean, that's just sinister, though. It's more than just liking the smell, you know? Like, that feels like it's just the start of something bad. Yes, yes. I don't think it's just an Like, he maybe didn't want to kill them then, but what he was clearly willing to, and he had weapons. Multiple Multiple weapons. weapons. So I don't believe that he didn't have a motive. You know, like, I think the motive was to go in and watch them sleep and And, see what happens next. Right. Totally. Yeah. Okay. So the French family has expressed unprecedented levels of forgiveness since the murders. Quote, the night my son was killed, I forgave whoever it was, and I didn't know who it was, but I had forgiven them, Troy's mother said. God's son has forgiven me for so much, there's nothing I can't forgive. <laughs> Ugh, my eyes. Get, no. Just hold on tight. Are you ready for some no, fucking please. tearjerker? Okay, okay. She also said that she knew Craig French, Troy's younger brother, had remained angry, but she watched as that anger turned to compassion when a still-sobbing Jose Alvarez Sr. approached her son. Ugh, hang on, you guys. It's, hang on tight. Quote, when you raise your children and you know them well, I knew that everything would be fine, Troy's mother said. Craig French hugged Jose Alvarez Sr. Quote, he was extremely apologetic to me. And when he hugged me, you could just feel it, Craig French said. 
quote, he said he told Alvarez that he held no ill regard towards you and that he would pray for Jose Alvarez Jr. during the ordeal of prosecution he was about to face. Quote, I have no ill feelings toward that family, Troy's mother said. In fact, he's in my prayers. <laughs> Ugh. How? Ugh. So Whitley has continued to keep her life out of the media. Good for you. Don't Good. ever stop. Seriously. You protect your sweet, sweet soul and your heart and every any ounce of fucking normalcy you can find in peace and happiness. You deserve it. And Hunter has graduated high school and, as far as I can tell, moved on to college. He also spent several years in pursuit of a project to honor his father. Quote, Troy French never earned his Eagle Scout Award. He told Hunter's Troop Committee Chairman Tim Underwood that he wanted to help his son and any other boys in the troop achieve that honor, which takes several years. A month before Troy was killed, father and son planned Hunter's Eagle Scout Project, an idea that would incorporate their love of sports and Rockingham County High School, where Troy and LaDonna had fallen in love. Hunter didn't complete his project, a heated ticket booth for the baseball team at Rockingham County until he was 18. Quote, I wanted to do something that honored my parents at Rockingham, he said. A plaque on the booth dedicates his projects to his slain parents. (laughs) (laughs) And that, you guys, is the fucking nail-biter of a fucking terrible crazy crazy horrible story of the french family double homicide oh, man i know thank you listener who recommended that one and hung in there while i took <laughs> mm, six to eight months to get around to it for some reason because oh, that is a man, good a one really good one wasn't it and also thank you to danielle bataglia ba- said her last name for that beautiful eight-part series. I mean, it was like one of the better written, sweeter, more detailed things I've ever found. I'm so glad that somebody wrote it. It's uh, amazing what recommend. people do that we then can benefit from. Seriously. I mean, it was. I almost didn't do this one because it. I couldn't really find, you know, I couldn't find like a conclusive sort of thing about it. And then yeah. I think I ended up on, I know I ended up on the news and reports facebook page that just happened to have a link to this and then i took oh. it i was like treasure trove wow. i was like the little fucking mermaid with eight stories that just took you through every stage God. of the whole thing That's it was so fabulous lovely. yeah Good. yeah so i am so sorry for whitley and hunter shit yeah man that's awful Ugh. awful the and, the, and the, all family. the family members yes, yes. Big time. Oh, man. Don't go into people's houses when they're sleeping days. Don't, no. Don't do it. No, just call me up and come to my dead mall. <laughs> you know what I mean by yeah. dead mall, right? Like malls that are closed and yeah. sitting there and dead. Empty, empty, de- empty dead. I got to go to our dying mall when I first moved to town. And that was one of the more special moments of my life. To go yeah. into an almost dead mall was so eerie yeah we've got one that's pretty dead <gasps> have you gone there it's been a while huh. then there's another one that just gets like fancier every day which is so, wild yeah yeah well they started doing those malls to look like downtowns because like downtowns are cool now and so they're like well trick you right here downtown it's outside <laughs> which i'm like put me in an indoor mall every day of the seriously. week seriously <laughs> yes please i don't want to be hot and then cold God, and then no. like or vice versa it's no. static electricity from all the people and yeah in the winter you have to take off your coat when you're in the shop because you're sweating and ugh, take no. your purse off i always have a crossbody bag anyway anyway um good one court Thank you. Good one. And now presenting Scatmaster Sadie. You know, I'm not going to scat for you, but I just want to put this out there in the world because I was wishing that I had this uh, last this weekend, a couple days ago. If you're a parent or caregiver Mm -hmm. and your kid starts to puke, (laughs) they will stop. They will stop. It's not going to last forever. There's a very good chance that they are going to be fine. Yep. 
it's just going to feel like hell mm-hmm. for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to you're going to cry literal tears when your child starts to eat jello again. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell them the hot tip about the water. Oh, yeah. So my three-year-old got a stomach bug. And I have been a parent now for seven years. And, he, you know, my oldest has had stomach bugs before. And we just kind of moved through them with mm-hmm. whatever. And this time, my three-year-old was just not stopping. He was vomiting all the time mm-hmm. for two days straight. And it got to the point where I started to feel really scared. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just lasting too long. And yeah, it's so long. It's so long. And so we call the doctor because they are there for you when you need help. <laughs> <laughs> and I really wish I had done it sooner, but I just thought, like, I'll get through this. Right. Right? Like, I've done it before. We'll get through it. They'll stop. Anyway, sh- I uh, she's like, well, what did you, what have you been doing? And I said, well, water, sips of water after the vomiting has stopped, blah, blah, blah. She was like, oh, no, 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 don't, no plain water. And I was like, what do you mean no plain water? It's like, <laughs> what acid. am I supposed to do? And she's like, no, no, you need to go get Pedialyte or Gatorade. And I, I think what she meant was that if the kids are tolerating water, it's fine. But if they're not, if they're right. still vomiting with the don't water, trying. then you need to stop and you need to move on to a electrolyte. As soon as we did that, I think he like had it one or two more times after that, but like, yeah. It, then it totally shifted over, and he's been on the mend since. But Man, anyway, electrolytes are so powerful. It's bi- bonding to your mm-hmm. um, ligaments. Yeah. Yep. I don't know what they do. I have no idea what an electrolyte is or what it is. <laughs> yeah. I think she uh, she just then sort of listed off the fluids that he was allowed and not allowed to have, and she's like, absolutely no milk for a while. And Ew. we're not big milk drinkers anyway. So I was like, no big deal, because that's not something he loves. And I shit you not, as soon as he started feeling better, he started to beg me for milk, for cow's milk. And I was like, what are you talking about? He was like, please. It became all day yesterday. We fought about it because it, he wouldn't eat anything else. But he was like crying and begging for milk. I was like, random. did you hear my conversation with the doctor? <laughs> it's so random. And you just, now you're picking, like, what is going on? So he finally got a little milk today and kept it down. So anyway, just, I really think that a vomiting child is probably, I mean, I, I know there, there are actual like really big scary things that happen to kids, but in the, in the scope of normal things that happen mm-hmm. to all children, puking is probably like number two of I can't, honestly, I can't really think of anything in the normal realm of things that happen to kids that's worse than people. No, no, that's so traumatic. It's so <sighs> violent and Ugh. persistent and awful. And they just, yeah, to not be able to feed your kid or give them water and they're begging you. They're so, ill. it's awful. So uh, that's what I did <laughs> for the last few days. And then I got a cold. I didn't get the pukes, but I got a cold um, because I'm exhausted. So if you're there, it will pass. He is better. It mm-hmm. will pass. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Take a deep breath. Mm-hmm. Instagram message me. I will remind you. If it lasts more than a day and you start to go into the second day, sometimes that's normal. It's okay. Yeah. Well, luckily, one of our listeners texted or messaged mm-hmm. about something unrelated and came up that he was sick. And she was like, yeah, my kid just had it for two days. And yeah. So- I was like, a, that I held on to that. I was <laughs> counting down the hours and he got to, it was 47 hours oh when he, God. that was the last time he puked. Oh and God. then it went away and I was like, she was right. It's, it was a full it's the like, same thing. <laughs> Even though she lives in Australia, probably. <laughs> I think she was in Maryland. You all anyway. do. So I'm here to tell you, it's okay. It's going to be okay. Yep. Especially, yep. Um, you know what my prescription is for that? names some crazy ass names some funny names some hilarious names that you guys keep sending don't ever stop ever ever uh first up what i don't even believe this now that i'm reading it kicks philip hensley oh ryan said this one to me kicks philip hensley (laughs) k-i-k-z-f-i-l-dash-u-p hensley kicks philip hensley what? That's a name. It's a human human name. Kicks. Wow. <laughs> Spell it again. K I K Z. K I K Z. Wow. Fill up. F I L dash U P. Hensley. I am here for that. Right. That is an amazing name. Uh, somebody sent a bunch of screen caps from the eighties news scenes. Eighties news scenes. Twitter. Carol Merrill. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's better. Name. Ray Gay. <laughs> How about Mark Dark? <laughs> And how about Larry Berry? Oh, oh, we just hit a new stride, people. Well, and then the last one is Rusty Goins. <laughs> no. Yes. Rusty Goins. Rusty Goins. Wow. And then the, the lower third, it was like from the news, and it said like, like doesn't, doesn't know what it is or something like it was... <laughs> Rusty Goins doesn't know what it is. I don't know what it is either. <laughs> How about Dick Downing? <laughs> Which gets funnier as you think about yes. it. Yes. So, you know. Dick Downing, yes. You go down some dicks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-huh. I'm not. No. Not. Probably not. <laughs> probably um, not. You know. I like, know. I know. Sexuality is a spectrum, right. et cetera, et cetera. Yes. I'm in a very, very, like, committed monogamous relationship, but I just don't want to, like... <laughs> never say never. Shame pansexual people, because <laughs> I might be one. I don't know. Um, okay. Somebody has a f- patient whose first name is Annaly? A-N-A-L-Y? Annaly? <laughs> <laughs> Assuming it's Annalie, but it looks like Annalie. Uh, they also have a Dr. Balls. Yes, you do. Yes. Um, there is a detective, Dick Thickens. <laughs> which. Oh, Lord, you made me snort. <laughs> <laughs> um, somebody sent us a school photo, and the teachers were Mrs. Weiner and Mrs. Butt. Yes. Those children are so much more well-adjusted than the rest of us. So much more. With the exception of Megan Glenn and her third grade teacher, Mrs. Blood. Yes. We did cover that, right? Last time? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. We need to cover it every time. <laughs> exactly. Uh, somebody has a nephew named after Johnny Cash, and the kid's name is Cash Swap. <laughs> I would like to get in on that. Yes. Thank you. I want to get in on the Cash Swap. Like the naked lady party, but with yes. money. Yes. Right? Yes. Um, I think that's just a pyramid scheme. <laughs> oh, yeah. Cash was that the swap. airplane game or whatever? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. That's, that's total cash swap. <laughs> <laughs> um, somebody just found out that one of their charge nurses' full name is David, David Richard Roberts. So, Dave Dick Bob. <laughs> <laughs> um. Somebody sent us a quote that said, Dr. Paul Semendinger is an expert on wet plate cameras of the Civil War era. <laughs> Dr. Paul Semendinger. Clearly, what else would he be an expert like semen, of? Semen digger. Um, yeah, wet plate cameras. Clearly. How about this name? Darwin Wolfgang Zwizzler. Ugh, I mean, what about that name? So good. <laughs> um, almost there, guys. There was a somebody who was performing in performing, participating in the in like as representing Canada. I do believe in the Olympics, and their last name was Richard, or their name was Richard Funk. And so the the lower third said "Can" all caps for Canada. Uh-huh. Can Richard Funk? <laughs> I don't know. Can. Didn't look like he could funk, but maybe he can. <laughs> Um, and then another listener wrote, hi y'all. Hey y'all. I was listening to an older episode. No, Hey all, sorry. Sorry to make you say y'all. I was listening. (laughs) I was listening to an older episode and you guys were talking about what Sadie could name her children to go with Eck. And I think Manny would be pretty cool. Uh, Maniac. Cause it sounds like maniac or Kai. Cause it sounds like Kai. (laughs) Mad. So mad. God. I'm so mad you didn't even Which it. one can I change? Pick the one. The little one. He would be change. such a good kayak. No, he would be, but he would be so angry about it. He would be mad. He's he's very attached to his name, so I couldn't get away with like suddenly calling so it Kai. Kai. <laughs> so I could try the older one. I could probably pay the older one money. He's he's into that these he's days. He's a hustler, totally. <laughs> Big time. Oh, kayak. Ugh, kayak. love it. <laughs> you guys are so good. You're so good. So good. Ugh, what so would we do without good. you? 
Um, we're going to save our Patreon shoutouts till next time because Sadie needs to go night-night. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I'm so tired. Yeah. So it's also, don't forget, first of the month is a excellent time to sign up for Patreon really because is. you don't get charged twice. I know. I always kind of feel it like not bad, I guess, but always like, oh, wait, 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 yeah, three days, take it back, take wait it back. three days. Yeah. So if you sign up right at the end of the month, then you get charged again right at the beginning. So right. So just you know, maybe you're okay with that and we appreciate it. But otherwise, just chill for a couple yep. days. Hot tips. Yes. Don't um, feed puking children water. Wait till the first <laughs> of the month sign up for Patreon. That's right. And uh, that's all. That's all, except that you can come to our Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook if you want to find us additionally above and beyond this podcast <laughs> and the sound of my voice in your ears. That's right. It's, uh, they will kill. You can also go to our website, theywillkill.com. You can email us at theywillkillpodcast at gmail.com. Rate, review, subscribe, please. That's not scat. Do it in scat. I don't think I can. Please. Yep, nailed it. That definitely was not the Simpsons oh, God. theme song. <laughs> Help me, I'm poor. Uh, yeah, Thank no, you, but really, gotta, you gotta review us. <laughs> yes, yes, you do. Please, we love it so much. Yeah, um, and AJ, thanks for your music. Thank you so much. And hey, I've got to end you remember this time. And remember, go listen to Courtney's tales. Oh, the thank you. I'm so flattered. Oh my god. I listened she like whipped one together today and sent it to me and she needed my help for a little bit of it, so I sort of knew as the story was happening what kind of where this was going to end. And it didn't matter. I got so scared. I got like three chills at three different times. And I even twice now since then, I have thought about it and it got me, gave me chills again. It was so scary. Yes. I loved it. I don't know. I'm so happy. Yeah. That was the one that I thought was the least scary. uh -uh. It was the scariest one in my head for sure, but I didn't think it would translate. So so anyway, if you like scary stories that aren't real, go listen. I just, I. Ugh, Court- I want Courtney to somehow figure out how to do it full time because I love a scary stories podcast and they're so hired to find really well done and I think you're doing yeah. a really good job thank you I would love to do it you just guys gotta tell your friends about us and yep. sign up for Patreon and that's right you can do it <laughs> yeah Bye-bye. so go listen and then tell her how much you love it so she'll have to keep doing it so that she can hear about it more because they're so good <laughs> oh thank you so much Thank you, and 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 we love you, and we goodbye. You. Goodbye. Goodbye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.